All right, here we go. I have no idea how to introduce myself when I'm speaking into a microphone for obscene amounts of time, but hello, I'm podcasting now because I've noticed I have a very bad tendency to um, record long videos of me talking, and I figured it would be a little bit more um, productive if I just go ahead and put it into podcast format and make things very official. So here we are. There are simultaneously a million things to talk about and nothing to talk about. So here we go. Um, if you're listening to this, you probably know me. So hi. Um, I am just going to talk about how things are right now. I guess we'll just make this like a little life update. Um, so right now I'm in the process of deciding where I go to college, which is no fun. People, people really, and not, not just people, me, like younger me, we, we glorify senior year as this time of, you know, the period before the new era, your, your, <laughs> your time you have before you set off on your new journey to enjoy your high school life before it ends. Mm. Casually sips. I don't know how to, I don't know how to like, casually drink something whilst I'm supposed to be doing this. Um, <laughs> just just a little momentary pause. But anyways, um, so I'm deciding where I go to college. Everybody hyped up this period, but it's more stressful than anything else. Um, and I have the first world problem of having gotten into an Ivy League college, which is fantastic and so impressive. And I'm so proud of myself. But simultaneously, now I have this little like voice hanging in my ear anytime I consider going anywhere else telling me that I'm losing out on my future if I don't just go to the hardest option, which I feel like is the perspective of a lot of people. And it's very hard for me because I've always had that perspective myself, especially as like a freshman. I was going in, I was like, I need to achieve greatness. But I think the question now is like, what defines greatness? Is it happiness or success in the sense of academics? I don't really know. Nobody really knows what's going to fulfill them, and that's where I'm hitting a wall. But regardless, in comparison to the Ivy League school I was accepted to, there's a Big Ten school, there's little colleges in the Northeast, in the Midwest, um, but regardless of all of that, I still can't make a decision. And I'm being smacked with very, very pressing deadlines to make a decision. I don't expect talking on this podcast is really going to help me come to any new realization, but it's nice to voice the way that this whole ordeal has been making me feel because it's definitely like walking on a tightrope and you're, you know, you need to choose which way you want to exit the tightrope, left or right, you're stuck in the middle and everyone's yelling at you to go in different directions and you're just hoping you don't fall off. It's stressful. It's stressful. And I really underestimated when I was with the seniors that I hung out with last year and I didn't even realize that they were having to like make all these decisions. I didn't realize how much college kind of hangs on your mind when you're a senior, at least for me. It's hard to be in the present when you're thinking about the future and I guess when you have a more set in stone idea of where you want to go, I have major respect for people who say like, hey, I submitted to one college and I got in. I'm done. Or people who've already committed. It's very, very nice to know what you want. And I wish I were someone who were able to just identify what I want. I feel like younger me 
had a set in stone plan. She wanted to be a lawyer. They wanted to be this successful human being. But now I just kind of want to be happy, which I don't know if success is really, or success in the eyes of other people is really going to help me achieve that. So yeah, that's the college spiel for now. I'm sure eventually I'll come to a decision and I'll get to be one of those people who's lucky and has committed. But for now, I am dancing on the tightrope and trying not to fall. <laughs> so, other things. I'm deciding how much of my life to divulge on this podcast. I really don't think that many people are going to be listening to this. And if you are listening to this, I appreciate you. Thank you. I hope you're enjoying the ride of me rambling for an excessive period of time. But I think now I will talk about mental health. Why not? Okay, <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and get into something a little bit deeper and a little more uncomfortable. Just a little bit. So, mental health. Wow, that's so exciting. I, I am not one to speak on, on anything positive regarding mental health. Not any, not a word. But I can at least talk about my experience. I mean, I've known that I've had depression or anxiety since I was in middle school. But the symptoms of it were always bad, but it's never really been uncontrollable for me. I struggled a bit in middle school with an eating disorder that I was able to recover from, which has been great. Um, one of the only mental things I've dealt with that I've actually like been able to push past, which I'm very proud of. But... On the other hand, we have later onset disorders that actually come into play the older you get and aren't just a constant in your mind, like anxiety and depression. Borderline personality disorder, which has been affecting me more so now. And this has been... Difficult isn't a poignant enough word. It doesn't fit because it's not enough to just say it's been difficult. It's been... It's been the most challenging thing I have ever experienced because borderline personality disorder doesn't just introduce itself to you and shake your hand and tell you that you have borderline personality disorder. Borderline personality disorder likes to slowly creep into your life as you get older and give you a host of symptoms that you can't identify and that you feel helpless against until all of a sudden you've lost so much and you've sunk so low that you're actually at the point where you have to reach out for help or people are forcing help upon you. And it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It's like a fire and your 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 entire life is a forest and whilst you'd like to identify the fire while it's this tiny bush at the side, it you're really probably not going to identify it until it's almost destroyed everything. And for me, it took until absolutely everything was destroyed and I just had this single tree left for me to be able to notice that something was wrong because I like to close my eyes and sing to myself and pretend like I can't notice what's happening because being in denial is a lot better than identifying what your problems are. So now I'm here with my singular little tree that I am trying desperately to turn back into a forest, but I'm getting very frustrated because trees are not popping up fast enough, and I want some of the old trees to grow back, and they just won't grow back. And it's frustrating. 
The symptoms of BPD are kind of laced throughout my life. The fear of abandonment is very common with me. I worry constantly that everyone that I care about will leave me. And it's hard because those worries themselves make it more likely that people will leave me because, you know, when you're constantly just bombarding people and worrying and you're unstable, it's a lot more likely that people are just aren't going to be able to handle being around you. And these symptoms, even if you're trying to get better, they don't go away. You still experience everything. I guess it's just a battle of trying to change the way in which those things manifest in your actions. But hey, this is all like DSM, DSM guide shit. This is all, this is all very textbook, which sucks. It sucks to think that experiences that I thought were unique and emotions that I thought nobody else could ever feel are things that are just textbook symptoms of a disorder that I have. And it's very difficult to not blame your mental health sometimes when you know that what you're experiencing is due to something that's wrong inside your head and not something that's wrong inside your heart. And it's so difficult to be able to say, like, this is my responsibility when you feel this urge you can't control to make these decisions and to do these actions. That a part of you is crying and screaming and absolutely uncomfortable with everything you're doing, but another part of you feels so much release and comfort in making the wrong decisions that it's hard to stop yourself. But regardless, um, I'm still trying my best to get better, even though it's a challenge. I really want to be able to say someday that those symptoms aren't very prevalent in my life eventually, but I've always been very apprehensive towards things like medication and constant therapy, but I've been doing the constant therapy and I suppose it helps sometimes, but it matters what kind of mindset you have when you go into it. I'm thinking about starting more specialized therapy for what I have that might be a little more effective. And when it comes to medication, I, I, I'm, go I'm going to give it a shot now. I, I really didn't believe in it, and I don't know if I still think it's going, it's not going to solve all my problems, but maybe it'll make my problems easier to solve, if that makes sense. And I think it's worth giving it a shot, you know? Like, there's that fire, and I want to put it out, and maybe splashing a little bit of water on it isn't going to solve all of it, but maybe I can put out some of the flames, you know? I'm using convoluted metaphors to get across my point in an attempt to sound like I know how to create a podcast. I'm sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's so strange. It's so strange. And you know what I want to talk about now? I want to talk about love. I want to talk about love because, you know what, Maddie podcast, I feel like, I feel like this is the next logical step. So let's talk about love. I have been in love before, but, and I would say I still am, but it's been a disaster. I was in a nine month long relationship that ended in explosions, death, um, I don't even know, World War Three. And it was not only a relationship death, but a friendship death between all of our mutual friends and I. And it has spurred a lot of difficulty for me. And it's had me questioning whether or not I will ever be in love again. 
And this is something that's very strange because everyone views love as a sequential thing. You know, you have multiple relationships, eventually maybe you get married or you don't, but people always say that for the most part, your first love is not going to be your only love. Which sounds very logical to a part of me, but another part of me asks myself, am I ever going to feel this again? It, it sounds so impossible, at least at the moment, that someone can just replicate the emotions that you feel when you're truly in love with another person. Because I can't understand the way that other people feel after they experience love, but I can at least say from what I felt, it's felt very irreplaceable. It's felt very unique. And I haven't really felt since then as though I'm able to create that emotion with anyone else. And of course that just, um, it just, it, it exaggerates the pain of, you know, the person that you were in love with that you don't think you're going to be able to make those emotions with someone else falling in love again, because it makes you think if I felt these emotions that cannot be replicated with this person, but this person has already moved on, then did they not ever feel anything for me? Which is very, very hard to deal with in your mind. And I saw this interesting post that said, you know, how do you guys fall in love again? Have you ever, did you not experience these incredible emotions in your first relationship? How could you ever expect to replicate that? And I understand what they're saying because when you're in a relationship, especially for the first time, everything is so new and it feels like it would be the equivalent of watching your favorite movie for the first time and then, you know, trying to rewatch it and rewatch it and rewatch it. But every time you try to rewatch it, you know, it's just not as good as the first time you saw it. And it may not even be the same movie anymore. For me, it feels more like instead of rewatching and instead of reliving that love you once had, it's like watching a slightly shittier version <laughs> of the previous movie. You're watching, you're watching the bootleg version that was created and has really shitty subtitles. And you're trying to feel the same thing, but after you finish the movie, you just feel even sadder that you can't watch the original again for the first time. And I think what people want you to understand, or at least what people say is the truth about falling in love again, is that rather than watching the same movie that was your favorite movie again, you find a new favorite movie that you get to watch for the first time. Because I guess regardless of how you been in a relationship before, when you fall in love again, it's something new. And I hope that I'm able to watch another movie and have it become my favorite movie for the first time. But when you keep trying and trying to rewatch the old movie and you just realize that you can't, it's easier to just get frustrated. It's easier to smash your TV and throw a tantrum. <laughs> so I don't know. I guess that's where my head is right now when it comes to love. Just frustrated and definitely still in love with people and places and things that are no longer around, which is very hard. Grief is something that I had never been very familiar with. I've never been to a funeral. I've never lost that many people close to me. Um, and it was very strange, even though these people haven't, you know, passed away per se, I've lost a lot of people in my life to the point where it feels like they've gone. I don't hear from them anymore or see how they are. People that I used to talk to, you know, 
every hour of every day. And it's very odd and almost, to me, more painful than having them had passed away. I'm glad that they hadn't, obviously, but knowing that people are living lives that you care about so deeply, but they're living them separate from you is very hard. Whereas, of course, if someone's passed away, they're just no longer around, which is a different emotion, but it's still grief. It's just, they're different kinds, but I think they are very similar in many ways. So yeah, um, I think for a first podcast, touching on three little subjects and kind of um, rambling on has been adequate. I hope that you guys have enjoyed. I am sure it'll be interesting to continue making these in the future and update with progress that I've made regarding the three topics I talked about today and other things. I'm sure I'll tell little stories eventually about the interesting shenanigans that I've gotten up to, but for now, we will leave it with this. All right. Bye, guys. Ah.